Hello, this is Magenta Giraffes with me, Simona Roy, recording this on June 11th, 2022. Hello, everyone. I'm actually recording this on a Saturday because, uh, as we already know, I have no life. So I'm in for the night and I actually am seeing my friend Liz tomorrow morning. So I thought, let me be responsible and just do this tonight because, you know, I've got nothing better to do. And, uh, Sorry, you have to listen to it. <laughs> uh, let's see. You know, I've been listening to these episodes these last couple of weeks, and they are very up and down. I'm having a lot of mood swings. You know, there's weeks where the episode that's coming out this week is, you know, what is the point where, you know, I ask, like, what am I surviving for? Uh I don't know the answer to that. You know, I think a lot about death and what happens after death. And now my biggest fear is that what happens after death is more life. You know, I keep saying, and I've said it from the beginning, that if we have multiple lives, I don't want to come back. But this this feels different. You know, I think I am not talking about suicide. So let's just put that off there. Like, this is not what I'm saying. But when I think about death, you know, I think I've always thought it was the ultimate peace. And right now, life does not feel very good. It does not feel very peaceful. It feels very crazy. And, you know, last week I talked about how, you know, we live in a dystopia. So there's all of that. But I think that, you know, so you think alternatively that death would be the ultimate sleep, the ultimate peace, you know, it could be, it absolutely could be. But guess what? I have no idea what death is like and what happens after death. Maybe nothing. Maybe we cease to exist. Maybe we have multiple lives. We get reincarnated, reincarnated. Maybe we become, you know, consciousness floating around. I'm not sure. You know, do I believe that my mom just disappeared and doesn't exist? No. I mean, I choose to believe that I can still connect with her. But I do feel a lot of pain these days, a lot of my own suffering, and I can't seem to get out of it. And when I think about death, it doesn't my fear is that it's not going to be a relief. It's just going to be more like, what if you're just back in, in life, you know? So what is, you know, I can't even feel peaceful about death anymore. I I'm fearful of death and not because I want to live, but because I don't know what the hell death is. And if it's going to be more living, if that makes any sense. So those are the thoughts that I've been going through in my head these days. And I don't know. I mean, there's this picture of my mom in our living room, and it makes her seem so alive. I don't know. That picture captured her essence somehow. I mean, <laughs> it's also next to her ashes. <laughs> so I don't know if the pictures imbibed some of her actual energy or what. But when I look at the picture, when my dad looks at the picture, we both really, really, really feel like she's there and like the real her, the her that we we knew. So I mean, the picture is comforting and the picture is also painful. And I've just been thinking a lot about that. And, you know, 
it just makes me sad that like she didn't really get to see any like milestones in my life. And I've said this before, but it's it's a a, a recurring thought, you know. Um we're thinking about going to India this year to finally like, you know, put some of her ashes in the Ganges. Um, you know, and India for me is a very complicated feeling, you know, I, I have been going to India forever and I stopped in my mid twenties. I stopped going because I just was like, I took agency over my life and I said, I don't want to do this anymore because I hated going to India. It was never a fun trip for me. It was always very chaotic. I mean, my parents are just the most disorganized people. I mean, I'm just shocked that they ever got plane tickets, but they always like used like travel agents, you know, and my dad would still use a travel agent today if it wasn't, you know, for me. Um, But, you know, it would be packing the night before for the flight. And then every year it would be like, where are the locks to the suitcase? And then they would go out at like 11 p.m. to go buy locks. I don't know where. I don't know what's open at 11 p.m., but I'm not exaggerating. Like this is what would happen every single year. And then when I would go to India, I would just be stuck in an apartment. Like I, you know, didn't feel safe to take taxis anywhere by myself. But where would I go? Like, who would I go with? Who would I see? You know, and it was just always like being carted along to different relatives, homes, people who I didn't remember or really know. And just feeling very stuck, feeling very claustrophobic. And I, you know, I don't put myself in situations like that anymore as an adult. Like, I'm very happy to have my own money and, you know, can call an Uber to get out of a situation I don't want to be in or just drive off because I've got a car. You know, I'm very lucky that way that I can do that now. Uh, But India brings back all of those feelings for me of the anxiety that I felt during those trips. And... So, you know, this time it'll be very different because it's the first time that I'm just going with my dad. I I feel like there maybe there was a time when I was younger where maybe I went with my mom by myself. I know my parents individually went by themselves before. Uh, you know, but mostly they we would all go together in December usually as a family. But then, you know, I put my foot down and said, I'm not going anymore. And that was a big fight. You know, it was a big to do. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not it was never easy standing up to my mother, mostly. I mean, my dad, I, I don't think he 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 didn't care. (laughs) I mean, I think he always wanted me to go to India. But like, I mean, I think that when I decided not to, it wasn't so much that he had an issue with it. It was more that my mom always had issues with things that I would stand up to her to about, you know, because I was also, I mean, I strongly believed my whole life that, 
even though maybe I didn't want to do something my mom wanted me to do, I always believed that she was right at the end of the day. So I would just do it anyways. But I always felt like I had to kind of try to fight. But I mean, now that I'm an adult, I can't say that that's true. I, I She wasn't always right. And she was really stubborn. And I am I'm just not as stubborn as her. And I, so when I said I was going to stop going to India, um, it was a big deal. And I really had to fight for myself. So the fact that I'm going now, I mean, it is a, of my own volition. I, I don't, I also don't want my dad to go by himself, although there's going to be, he's going to go to like Orissa by himself. I'm not happy about it at all. But you know, he's got people there and, and I'm not going to go with him there. So that's going to be very stressful for me. But you know, this is going to be different. I'm an adult and I can always hightail it out of there if I I want to. Like, look, this is nothing against India. It's my experience of it. It was never a tourist thing for me. It was, I don't even, I've never seen the Taj Mahal. I don't know if I'm ever going to see it. I'm not going to see it on this trip probably either. That We don't have time. You know, I'm going to take two weeks off of work to do this. So, you know, just thinking about it really, like I, I get very, I feel the anxiety in my body. This is, you know, this is a lot. And also the fact that like, you know, I'm going because I feel like I have to do something for my mother is not, you know, that I do know that that's also adding to all of this stress. (sighs) What was the point of all of this? I don't know. But that's what's going on. I have to start getting the tickets. I have to like, I was planning to do that this weekend and I really should. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Like I'll probably just do that tomorrow. I don't know. And I just, yeah. So it just makes me feel sad that she's just, you know, I mean, and also like, what am I doing? You know, she's here. She's not here. She can't see anything. She can't see milestones in my life. But guess what? The only milestones I'm, I have going on is that I'm just getting older <laughs> You know, and I can't I I like it's almost like I torture myself. You know, I have this Spotify playlist called My Classics uh, and I've created this. Uh, I created a playlist to torture myself. OK, and let me tell you what I'm doing what that means to me. So I have all these songs that are nostalgic to me, like, you know, Billy Joel songs, Lionel Richie, Peter Cetera, like all these songs that like, you know, were very like light FM for me growing up and also just being on MTV and things like that. Like, um, you know, Amy Grant's Baby Baby, loved that song. I, I listened to it for the first time in like probably decades um, on my bus ride home this week. And I like remembered the words. <laughs> so I don't remember the year that came out, but I was young. Okay. So I listened to these songs and I love it. I love the nostalgia of it. But you know what it's actually doing to me? It's making me remember how I felt when I first listened to those songs or, you know, what I was feeling when they were coming out. And I just, it just reminds me of a version of myself, the younger version of myself who felt like life was so full of promise. And there were so many possibilities. And I would fantasize about the future so much. 
and about how wonderful it would be, how I would be married and have children and be a superstar or whatever. (laughs) And I hear them now and I think, God, none of that happened. It makes me so sad. It makes me so sad to think of that younger version of myself who really thought the world was my oyster. And now I'm just like, the world is an empty oyster shell. (laughs) I don't know how to continue that metaphor, okay? But it tortures me. That playlist tortures me, and yet I cannot stop listening to it because it makes me both happy and sad at the same time. And look, I know I'm not dead yet. There is a lot of stuff that can happen in my life and probably things that I would never imagine because guess what? There are things that happened in my life thus far that I've never imagined would happen. I I would say none of it really good, (laughs) but uh, still couldn't imagine it. So yes, as Natasha Bedingfield would say, the rest is still unwritten. (laughs) But psychics would beg to differ that the rest has been written and it looks bleak. I don't know. Uh, But that's how I'm feeling. You know, I listen to these these songs and think like, wow, my childhood self was rocking out to, you know, walking on broken glass. And I listen to it and I'm like, wow, I just wish I could go back, go back in time and feel all the promise of life. And there's no promise anymore. There's nothing. I don't know. I think that, you know, grief coupled with just the state of the world, the constant bad news, the constant disease, the monkey pox of it all. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what do like, you know, the last couple of weeks, I, I'm so sorry for anybody who's continuing to listen to this, you know, serially. Uh, I, I mean, it's, am I even using that word like, like weekly? Whoever's listening to this weekly, I apologize because it has been downer after downer after downer of episodes. And I mean, this is just how I feel. And I don't know, I I, I just I feel like mom le- was gone too soon. Nothing in life is fair. There's nothing to look forward to. I've said that before. There's uh, the <laughs> there's, you know, there's still life to live. But what, you know, I've always had a very, very rich fantasy life. You know, that's how I've kept myself going. You know, when things were bad in the present, I would just imagine the future or imagine a fantasy or whatever. You know, I I do have a pretty good imagination. I always have, you know, my childhood best friend, PJJ541, our minivan. So I, I do have a vivid mind life, <laughs> but... I can't even, the fantasies of future, of love, of anything, they just feel flat. They feel sepia-toned, you know? Uh, They just, 
there's nothing to uplift me. Now, I will say my I was talking to my therapist about all of this and she thought that maybe it's time for a, a low dose antidepressant. And if you could guessed it, if you could have guessed it, I mean, my dad is a psychiatrist, as was my mom. So I'm not against medication of any type. Um, but I, I just don't feel like I'm there yet. And I'm sure as you know, the listener, you could you're probably saying, well, Simone, I beg to differ. I think that maybe you are there yet. Because let's look at the track record of these last couple of weeks of just dystopian, dismal, no point. And also death is not even a comforting thought. <laughs> so I don't know. I got to mull it over a little bit. You know, I think I think the first time that she had mentioned the antidepressant was during my breakup, my long my breakup after my long um, relationship of seven plus years, you know, and also I, I feel like I feel like, at you know, I'm 38, if you didn't know. And I haven't been married. I haven't ever been engaged. You know, there are people who've been engaged multiple times. I haven't even been engaged once. Okay. 19 times. Okay. That's from Housewives, if you didn't know. But <laughs> I, uh, you know, I just even feel like I'm not even a divorcee. But like my therapist likes to point out that, you know, I might as well have been in a marriage. It was a very long relationship. We lived together with my parents, you know. It was basically a marriage. Thank God it wasn't a real marriage. It would have been a lot messier to get out of. Whew, you know, small blessings, right? But uh, I totally lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Okay, so what I was saying was, you know, let's call it my quote-unquote divorce. When I was going through my quote-unquote divorce, because let's put a little heft into it. Let's put some weight into it. Uh, that's when my therapist had first suggested that I go maybe on a low dose antidepressant. But, you know, I said, you know, I think I will be okay. Uh, and lo and behold, I did not need any drugs to get over the bullshit. <laughs> uh, I feel a little different because this time I'm, things are bleak. Things are pretty, pretty <laughs> bleak. So I'm still going to mull it over. I, I might, you know, the thing is, is like, I really don't want to deal with the side effects of whatever, you know, low dose SSRI. But, you know, medications are really good these days. Maybe I wouldn't have many side effects or any. But I'll let you know, hey, I will be the first to tell you if I put myself, well, I can't really put myself on it. I would have to like go to a psychiatrist and ask them to put me on something. But um, part of me just wants to feel bleak, you know? And I have to say, what was a pleasant surprise to me today, I, you know, I just needed to watch something as I was like eating a snack. And I... <laughs> I got a subscription to Discovery Plus because I wanted to watch, you know, Trixie Motel, you know, the drag queen Trixie Motel's motel show, whatever. So that's on Discovery Plus. So I wanted to watch that. But mostly I got Discovery Plus because all of the episodes of Barefoot Contessa are on there. If you don't know what Barefoot Contessa is, it is my favorite cooking show of all time. 
I love that show. I've seen every episode of that show. I've learned a lot of cooking techniques from that show. It is my chef's kiss favorite show so of cooking. And it soothes me similarly to The Great British Bake Off or The Great British Baking Show, depending on whatever network you're watching it on. And but that show can sometimes run too long for my attention span. You know, I'll watch the whole episode, but, you know, halfway through, I'm playing games on my phone and watching. Uh, But, you know, always like looking for those close ups of Paul, of course. But Man, Barefoot Contessa hits something in me that is so soothing. It's like you see their house in the Hamptons. Ina has a great energy. She loves Jeffrey so much. So Discovery Plus has the episodes of Barefoot Contessa. So I put on an episode today and it soothed me like nothing else. So maybe I'll just keep going instead of, you know, getting an SSRI antidepressant. I'll just keep watching episodes of Barefoot Contessa to make myself feel better. It's an idea, you know. Um, I could be starting something new here. But if you haven't watched it, what are you waiting for? You know, it's so easy. Get Discovery Plus and watch Ina say, how easy is that? (laughs) She loves Jeffrey so much. It's something to say. Anyways, you know, I'm going to just sign off here from the bleak dismalness of it. I think I'll go watch another episode of Barefoot Contessa to calm myself or to just feel like, I don't know, that at least Ina's living her best life and one of us has to, right? So until next time, I'll just say bye.